name is Michael Tuck, and I'm the associate pastor here at Bacon's Castle Baptist Church. We are a local church in Surrey, Virginia, dedicated to making disciples of Jesus Christ. This is the weekly podcast that we put out for our local church family and the church as a whole. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. You know, it's, uh, you know, our minds are wonderful, right? You know, Monk comes up here and he talks about Elijah and that great moment of victory. And right on the heels of that, such discouragement. And then Jamie paints that picture of that gunfighter walking down the street. And, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I mean, my mind's on this too. And, and I think about, um, this just happened just, just recently in our home. Catherine and I are you know, we're in the part-time mode, so we have lots of time to spend together, and, and we walk often, you know, real often. You know, we talk about things, and one of the questions I like to ask her is this, what are you looking forward to? That's what I'll ask her. You know, what are you looking forward to? And, uh, and she'll have an answer. She might have to think for a second, and here's what I'm looking forward to, and she'll tell me, I'm looking forward to this. You know, it's important to have things you're looking forward to, right? It's a good thing. It's healthy. Well, I took my turn, and boy, they just were rolling out. I mean, I'm looking forward to this and this, and there's just on and on so much. I was just gushing all the things that I was looking forward to. That I was telling her. And then guess what? I don't think it was even two days later. I sat down, and I said, you remember all those things I was telling you, Harry and Carriage, what I was looking forward to? Right now, I'm battling discouragement. Like, wow, how can that be? How can that be? But let me tell you something. It, it, oftentimes it is a battle, but it's like that gunfighter walking down the street. His six shooters are by his side, and he's saying, okay, you little villains of discouragement, you just come. I'm out and loaded. I can take care of you. You don't know who you're messing with. Well, you know what? We all battle discouragement from time to time, and we just have to remember You know, our six shooters are loaded, and God's given us all the resources we need to push them back, to fight them off, to live in encouragement. And that's my purpose this morning. I'm here for one reason, that's to encourage you. That's why I'm here. And what I've got to say, you know, the prayer in my heart is that you will be encouraged to be the person that God wants you to be and to live the life that God wants you to live. That's it. All right, so let's pray together. You know, God, we just got a few minutes here before you in this place this morning. And God, we don't want to waste our time. We want you to get right to work in our hearts and lives. Our season is short, and and there's so much to be encouraged by. So God, would you help us, help us to have hearts open to you and to receive from you this day, this week, all that you have for us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, I've lived near the river all my life, just a couple of seasons where I was away for a while. And, and I can remember as a little boy how exciting it was to see those big ships go down the river. All right? Big ships. <laughs> you know, the furries are out there. And if you take a picture now, the furries are like this big on the picture. And the ships are like this big. And I've got one I took just recently. Big ships. And, you know, the channel's out there, and they keep it dredged so those big ships can go through. And they've got those markers for the, those big. It's not all that unusual, unusual to see one of those big ships out on the river. Well, I was out on the river one day with, with Tim Duncan. We were going fishing, and, and we saw one of those big ships out on the river. When we, when we got back, Catherine had been to the river that morning, too. And she'd, looked, and she'd seen that big ship. 
And when we got back, she asked me, she said, did you see that big ship out on the river? And I said, uh, you mean the, the orange one? She said, yes, did you see it? I said, yeah, we saw it. We saw it. Well, you know, that, that is just part of the story, okay? <laughs> that is just part of the story. You know, Tim and I have been looking forward to going fishing, and I've just got a little boat, and you've got to have the triple alignment, you know, opportunity to go, the weather has to be just so for a little boat. And then the tide needs to be good out on the river, all right? That makes for a good fishing trip when you've got that triple alignment. Well, we had it that day, and we were going to travel a little bit farther than we normally do in my little boat. We were going out to Channel Marker 36. Now, that's just down the river from Kingsmill. It's not a buoy. It's not floating out there. It's uh, three pylons stuck in the ground because it's very shallow at buoy 36, like eight feet deep. But right over here, out there, it's deep, deep enough for those big ships to go by. All right, so that's where we were headed. We got there, you know, we anchored, the tide was coming in, so we were looking towards Jamestown, and right away we started catching some really nice fish, and we were focused. <laughs> it, was, it was going well. You know, the tide started to slow down, so we were plotting our move to the next spot. You know, the tide's always right somewhere, right? It was running out here, but it was going to be good somewhere else. So we were getting ready to leave, to move, and I turned around to pull up the anchor, and guess what I saw? That big ship with the orange hull. It wasn't like there. It wasn't even like here. It was right there. I mean, right there. I mean, and all of a sudden, whatever focus we had had was irrelevant. You know, the focus was to get out of the way. Something has to move, and it's not going to be that big ship with the orange. We've got to move. We've got to change our spot. We've got to go from here to here, and we need to do it quickly. All right? You know, one of the pictures that Jimmy's painted over time is this progression of faith that we're all are in. You know, and you know, everyone, believer, unbeliever, it doesn't matter. We're all born into a season of faith. That's what's required. You know, Jesus isn't going to come in here in person this morning, but he's had a lot to tell us, and, and God wants us to believe that. You know, it requires faith, not sight, faith. And we're in the season of faith. You know, you could say it starts when you're born or somewhere at some accountable age. And, and it's going to progress until that day when uh, faith is no longer required. You know, we're going to see God face to face. And we're going to be changed to be like it. But in the meantime, there's a, a season of faith. And, you know, one of the big ship experiences, you know, the one with the orange hole, is that point in time when we see our need for God's forgiveness. You know, we've seen it off at an angle. It's out there. I've heard about this. Christmas, Easter, all that. Forgiveness across. Yeah, I've seen that. But one day, through the orchestration of the mighty plan of, of God, there it is right there. And it requires me to respond. You can relate. If you've been born again to the family of God, it wasn't something that was just a, oh yeah, I saw it that day. I mean, I saw it. And it changed my life. The Bible says we're born again, new creation. It's not the way it used to be. It's different now. All things become new. That's a big ship experience. Well, what about this? You know, that might happen whatever point in life it happens. You know, for me, it was later on. For some, it's children. You know, so, you know, that, that big ship experience. What happened? Then? Well, what about the rest? 
of my season of faith? What's that going to be for me? Well, Jimmy says, you know, we need to be bumped along, you know, from where we're at now to where we might be later until, you know, more and more into the likeness of Christ. You know, that walk of faith, those steps of faith are growing, changing, becoming more like who he is and living my life in a way that honors him. So that's what's in the meantime. You know, and I don't know why, but for me, it seems like to realize that, to see that, to want to, to be excited, optimistic, what God's doing, what might be next, that's almost like a big ship experience too. You know, because we can drift along and we can be so caught up in whatever and we can fail to see, you know, at this angle, you know, what God's up to what he desires, how I fit into all of that. And then one day, it's not down yonder. Yeah, I see it. That ship, oh yeah, I can see it. It's right here. I see it, 2020 focus. God wants to use me. He wants to change me. He wants to grow me up to represent him well during the remainder of my season of faith. You see, you're not just a bricklayer. You're not just an electrician. You're not just a mom. You're not just a dad. You are God's representative on this planet. And when you show up to lay bricks, guess what? The people around you are going to see what it looks like when Jesus shows up to lay bricks. And when you show up to wire house, the people around you will see what it looks like when Jesus shows up to wire house. And what it looks like when Jesus loves your children as a mom or a dad. We're not just anything. We are children of the Almighty God. And He wants us to represent Him well. Well, you know what? If I'm going to represent God well, then some things need to change about me. You see that? That big ship with the orange hull that's right there? Oh, that day on the river, Tim and I could read the name on that ship. Let me tell you, that was too close. You know, that big ship with the orange hull that's right there. Maybe it's in focus. Maybe it's coming in. It's change. God is a great changer of things, and he wants to change me. He wants to grow me up. He wants to make me what I can be. You know, my full potential is a child of God. God is eager to... Let's bump you along the way. Let's get you closer. I can make you into a good representative, and I can use you to do things along the way. All right? So change. That's a, that's a big ship experience when we see that when it comes into focus. And that's the way it seems to me. You know, uh, I, don't, I don't know why, you know, why it takes coming into focus, but, but it does. You know, we can be distracted, we can, but it, it's not a mixed mystery, and I don't think it's debatable. You know, the scripture talks about the, the potter and the clay, all right? You know, and change from glory to glory into more into the likeness of Christ, you know, but sometimes we need help. You know, when I was growing up, I don't know how old I was, let's say 10 years old, okay? My dad showed up one day after work with a golf club. A golf club. You know, it was a driver. And this was back when woods were made of wood. <laughs> it had a one on it. It was a driver. And he showed up and he gave that to me. I, I didn't know anything about go golf except for, you know, the, 
basic things that I might have seen or had in my mind. But, but you know, I was intrigued by that, and I wanted to learn how to use that thing. And I knew this, one, one golf club, that's not, a, that's not the whole set. I need another golf club. So I got a six iron shortly after that. So I was set. And I had a few golf balls and a couple of tees, but not a whole lot of space to hit these things. And I went out in the yard, and, I, and guess what? You know, you hit a golf ball in a tight space, you're going to lose your golf ball pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, and I didn't have many, so they were precious to me. I don't want to lose all my golf balls, and I can't play golf. But here's what I did have. You know, out in the yard, there were big hickory trees. Lots of them, big hickory trees. And guess what was under those hickory trees? About that big. <laughs> Hickories. <laughs> I didn't have many golf balls, no tees. But I had all those hickories, and I had a driver and a six iron, and I'd walk out in the yard, and I'd make a little mound of dirt with my foot, and I'd put that hickory right on top, and I'd get my driver out, and I'd, I'd give her a whack. <laughs> and if I hit it right, guess what? That hickory nut didn't go far. It broke into a thousand pieces. That was a good hit. Man, I nailed that one, <laughs> you know? That's where I was at. That was what I was experiencing. You know, a little boy out in the yard hitting hickory nuts off a little mound of dirt. But just suppose this. Use your imagination. You know, I live there by, but right by the highway. And suppose somebody drove by, and they gave it one of these, and I'd take a big whack, and I'd hit that hickory nut. And he drives on by. Then he thinks about that. You know, did you see that boy hit that hickory? He's, I think that guy's got some potential. So he stomps his car, drives, turns around, drives back, drives into the yard, he pulls up, and he introduces himself. He says, you know, I'm so-and-so. I, I saw you hit that hickory when I drove by. Well, let me tell you who I am. I am a professional golf teacher. All my life, I've been teaching people to play golf. And I have lots of students, and some of them have done very well. And here's what I want to do with you. I want to just put all of that aside, every bit of that. I want to put, and I want to concentrate on you. I want you to be my one and only student because I want to pull out all the potential. I want to change you from a little boy hitting hickory nuts to the very best golfer that you can possibly be. What do you think about that? And I guess I would say, well, I'll have to ask my mama. <laughs> what about that? You see, that's what God has done for us in Christ. He's put the gift of righteousness of Christ in us. And he has sent the Holy Spirit, not for the masses, but individually, to work in our hearts 24-7, 375, to make us the very best child of God that we can possibly be. I'm not just a kid out hitting hickory nuts. There's potential in me. There's something God sees that hasn't been released yet. God, if you can do that in my life, if you can grow me up, if you can change me, if you can use me, then let's have at it. Let's go. You know, that's a big ship experience when you see that. It really is. You know, but it doesn't come just a, a haphazard, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this. Let's see. We ought to do it this way. Like, no, no. They're ground rules. And they have to be established early on. And for whatever reason, you know, this is hard stuff. This is hard stuff. The ground rules there. You know, we need, we need to face-to-face. To face. Here are the ground rules. I am not in charge. You are not in charge. 
you know. Jesus said this. He said, uh, don't call me Lord unless you're willing to do what I say. Luke chapter 6, verse 30, 48. He said, don't say you love me unless you're willing to obey me. John chapter 14, verse 15. Don't think you're my friend unless you're willing to submit to me. John chapter 15, verse 14. You see, they're ground rules. They're, you know, God's not the, as Jimmy says, the genie in the bottle. He's not wearing a tight spot, so we call AAA and he yanks us out and we say, thanks, I'll check with you later. It's not like that at all. He is in charge. He is God, King, Lord. And we have to be willing to get 2020 focus. He's in charge. It's his way. And he wants me to get on board with that. What about that? What about that? Remember when God showed up, when Jesus showed up there on the lakeside with Peter? Luke chapter 5, I think it is. You know, he was teaching the crowd. And they were pressing in tight. And Jesus said, hey, let me borrow your boat for a minute. I'll get offshore a little ways. And that way, you know, it'll work a little better with all these people. So he got in Peter's boat off just a little ways, and he taught. And when that was done, he turned to Peter and he said, okay, now let's go fishing. You're a fisherman. You're a professional. You're good at it. Let's go fishing. And Peter knew this. Look, it's nighttime. You don't fish here at night. Plus, I fished all night last night. We didn't catch anything. But this guy seems to have some authority. He seems to be somebody I should listen to. But if you want to go, we'll go. Got that one? Remember that one? So what happens? Cast off a little ways, put those nets down, ripping the nets apart, full of fish. Not one boatload, but two. Two. And you know, right there, there's a praise meeting, isn't it? Good gracious, I have never had it. So this guy shows up, my boats are full. What did Jesus say? Good for you, cash it in. Don't, don't, don't waste that money now. He said, no, no, you put that aside. You get your priorities right. Let me be in charge, and I will make you somebody. I'll change you. I'll grow you up. You can't imagine the potential that is locked up inside of you, Peter. What did Peter say? Yeah, you got the wrong guy. You know, man, I, ooh, not me. But he put it down. He said, look, I don't know exactly what it all it'll mean. It's going to cost me these two boatloads of fish. I know that. But beyond that, God, I'm willing to follow after you. You make me the person you want me to be. And you use me. You work through my life in a way that only you can if, if you can pull all that off. You know, it is a conflict. It is a, a walk down the street with a all the discouragement, all the temptation, all the whatever's coming at you, you know. You know, we need to be aware that it is a conflict. You know, it's not easy, this thing of following Christ, letting Him work in our life and through it. It's a conflict. It's a battle. It's a war. That's exactly what it's like. It is a battle. You know, we have two natures, right? <laughs> You know, why didn't God snatch away the old when he gave us the new? Well, one day that's going to happen. And Jack Meredith was talking about that last week. He is so looking forward to that day. Oh, man, all things change. Only the new 
being exactly like God wants me to be. But right now, we're in that season of faith, right? And it's a battle, making those right choices, doing those right things, letting the righteousness of Christ be expressed through me just every day, every ordinary things. You know, a couple of days ago, Friday, uh, you know, it was messy day, and I'm thinking of something I need there at home, so I go over to Walmart to get it. And while I'm there, I realize, boy, this time of year, they have fall flowers, little guys that are cheap. You know, you plant them this year, next year, they're pretty big and nice. So I decided I was going to stock up $1.27 each. So I got three colors, 12 each. All right? Got there. I had to go. You know, I like to go through the, the scan it yourself mode, but I realized I got 36 little flower pots here. So I asked the lady if she could come over and help me, and she put her code in 12 times, blip, you know, 12 times. And we were done, we were gone. But when I got to the car, I was putting them in the car, and guess what I noticed? One of the little trays was a flower missing. There was only 11 in there. <laughs> and I thought, oh, sheesh, man, that's going to mess my symmetry up there in the yard if I only got 11 and not 12. And so I decided I'd just uh, walk back and buy another one. And then I'm thinking, well, why should I buy another one? I mean, I paid for 12. I've only got 11. They owe me one, right? So I went back in. I went right. And I, I realized I didn't. I didn't. My receipt was in the car. I was halfway back. Oh, she'll remember me. It's not going to be an issue. And I walked in. I said, you know what? I got to the car. I only had 11 purple ones and not 12. She said, don't worry about it. You just go get you another one. Bring it right back to me. That's what I did. Walked back, got another one, came back to her. And she said, let me go with you to the, the guy checking your stuff when you walk out. She went on. She said, he's just good. All out the door I went. Well, I got to the car. Guess what I realized? One of them had fallen out of the tray when I put it in there. Now I had 13, and I'd only paid for 12. Guess what happened right then? The battle. Do you do battle over $1.27? Is that insignificant to God? You know, that flower was pretty important to me when I was on the short side. It wasn't nearly so important to me when I was on the OU side. So I drove off. And then the battle, the battle. It's like, you shouldn't have done that. That wasn't right. You know, it's not about flowers. It's not about a dollar twenty-seven cents. It's about being honest. I didn't turn around, got on home. There I am, 13 now, 12. What am I going to, I'll just throw it in the woods. That way I won't have to look at it, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what's going on in me. I mean, this spiritual stuff, this fallen Christ can be right ordinary. <laughs> All right? There, you know, I said, well, maybe I'll water it. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe one of the others will die and it'll fit in. But what if a yellow one dies? I can't put purple in this place. All right, so I'm dealing with this stuff. Well, the next day I'm cutting grass. Cutting grass. Boy, the battle is on. You need to take that flower back. You need to take it back. It's like, you win. You're right. That's the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the bullet I need to fire. I need to fire that one, get that thing on back, and get all this battle off of me. So Catherine came in, and, yeah, let's go. We'll go over to walk often. I want to go to Lowe's over there. There's a couple of things I need. I'm trying to make this convenient at this point, you know, not just take the flower back. So I got there. I had it wrapped in a Walmart bag, and I'm just going to sneak in the garden center door, put it in the thing, and then come on out. 
That's my plan. Uh, you know, I don't want to have to explain nothing to nobody. Well, I see the garden center door, and I see the person stationed at the garden center door, his young man about 25 years old. And I'm walking towards him, and he sees me coming, and, and uh, can I help you? <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh. I said, yeah, you know, yesterday I, I bought some flowers, and when I got home, I realized I, I had one more than I'd paid for. And so I'm bringing it back. You know, here's what young people usually say. No problem. Or he could have said, really? You drove all the way back here for $1.27? How far did you have to drive anyway? But you know what? You know what he told me? He looked me right in the eye. I mean, right here and said, thank you for being honest. That's what he told me. Thank you for being honest. And when do you give glory to God? When you're honest? After the battle? When you did the right thing? That's a good spot. That's a good time. You know, that's a good time. So it's a battle. You know, it's a war. It's, uh, it goes on. It's little things. It's, uh, you know, it's all around us all the time. You know, we need to recognize this. You know, in the parable that Jesus taught about the, the sower and the seed, you remember that one? The Word of God, and it's put out there, and these things happen to it. And one of the things Jimmy's done a couple of times, he says, you know, it's just not that salvation time. It's just not the gospel. It's, a, it's any of the words of God. What happens when it lands in your heart anyway? You know, what is it that God's dealing with you about? You know, is it going to bear fruit in your life or is it going to be one of the other options? You know, and one of the things that's there is the thorns. You know, the thorns, boy, they can choke out what God wants to do in our life. He wants to change us. He wants to grow us up. He wants to use us. Oh, my goodness, those thorns. You know, I'm pretty good at weed science. You know, I remember teaching Jeremy Riddick about some weeds. He wasn't interested. <laughs> hey, but I know my weeds. And thorns, they're easy to recognize. And Jesus said this later in the tight group. He said, don't understand it? Let me tell you. Here's what the thorns are. Remember what the thorns were? Remember what those thorns were? It's those worldly cares and the deceitfulness of riches or wealth. Remember that? That's what those thorns are. Boy, you can get choked out. What God wants to do in your life, and through, it, can, it can just be a, such a low priority. There's so much going on, so much I need to do, and oh, that's just great. But you know what? You can't do it all. You can't be this if you're determined to be that. You just can't do it. Those thorns... You know, those distractions, those worldly pursuits, they're not all wrong, but they're not best, you know. And that, you know, that deceitfulness of wealth. And you're wise to that one, right? You say, if you had more, you'd be happier. If you were more comfortable, have more pleasures, and I'll be better for you, right? That is, no, that is not right. That's just not right. Matter of fact, you, you get a little more and spend it on a little bit, something more comfortable, and see if you don't have that little empty feeling inside. Boy, I've got this bigger in the boat now, but you know what? When I get back, it's like, 
gosh, I really didn't enjoy it that much. It's deceitful. But the Word of God, it says, is a two-edged sword. That's sharper than a two-edged sword. And it can, it can help us whack our way right out of those thorns and make a path. And the God of the Holy Spirit can show us the way. Work on, whack that one down. Get that one out of the way. It's, a, it's not doing good. It's keeping you from where you need to be. You know, we want God to come in with a helicopter and a line and a snatch hook. God, get me out of these thorns. It doesn't work like that. He makes a path. He shows us the way. He helps us. He guides us. He leads us out of the situation we're in towards that place that He wants us to be. So we need to recognize that. Recognize the things that can hold us back, those distractions, those things that can choke out what God wants to do in our life and through our life. You know, and there's a sense of urgency involved too. You know, I'll tell you what, I am so aware of this that um, I'm not at all talking to anybody but me. I love to listen to good preaching. I do. It lights me up. And I have some favorite preachers, and oh my goodness, they are so good. And it's like God is just channeling the, the, what the Word of God means and how it applies to me right. I mean, straight to me. It's like a pipeline. And I listen to that, and I'm so blessed and encouraged. And you know what the next thing I want to do is? Listen to another one. I mean, I ought to take a month and just say, God, deal with me right here. I know it's true. I know it's real. I know it applies to me. And God, it might take a month for I'm in any, any position to receive anything else from you because God, I know you have put your finger right here. But you know what? That big ship, you know, with the one with the orange hole, you don't watch it. That thing will sail on. It'll move on for long. It's way down the line. And you've lost focus on it. You know, it can happen right here today. Well, you can see it. It's right there. I see the name. It's orange. It's big. And it's requiring something to me. But before you get to your car, it's on down the ways away. It's not at this angle. It's at that angle. And the week is just routine and standard. Do you see that ship with the orange hole? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. But I wasn't moved by it. You know, there's an element of desperation that's involved in a Christian life. You know, a couple, three weeks ago, Jimmy was teaching about the vine and the branches. You know, remember that one? Without me, you can do nothing. God, unless you show up, I am not going to move. I am not going to be changed. I will never be useful. I'll never have a story when I get home that says, only God could do what I saw today. God, that will never happen to me unless you show up. And God, I'm not talking about next year. And I'm not talking about when I get the thorns chopped back. And I'm not talking about maybe I have another good sermon or another close-up. God, I'm talking about right now. God, you have got to show up in my life. I am not hungry nor thirsty for righteousness. God, you've got to help me. God, you're not number one in my life. You're somewhere down like God, you've got to help me. I've just got a season of time. It's a short season. I'm an old guy, but let me tell you something. 
My season might be longer than yours. How much time? You know, a sense of urgency. Would you be willing to, to ask God for that? Or to help him grow that in your life? God, I know you want to change me. God, I know you want to use me. Now. Now. You know, one of the saddest things in the scripture, remember the Babylonian captivity? You know, they were captured and hauled off, drug off to Babylon, exiled 70 years. They knew it. I mean, it wasn't any secret. You know, you're going to be captured. You're going to leave. You're going to stay there. And 70 years later, God's going to raise up a king. He's going to say, you know what? You guys can go on home now if you want. And they had a prophet in their midst. Remember him? His name was Daniel. And Daniel said, hmm, checking on things one day, just thinking about things of God. And I realized it's been 70 years. It's time to go. And he went and said, oh, yes, yeah, you guys can go. Remember how many went? So few. We've gotten happy here. We've gotten settled here. Yeah, God's done some good things, but you know what? That ship, uh, you know, it's, it's way down there, and I'm here. It's not really all that important to me right now. You know, God wants that word to burn in my heart now. Now. You know, God wants to be busy in my life now. He wants to change me now, grow me, use me now. Today, this very day, no telling what God might do. Why can't I be encouraged? There's so much to look forward to. God is busy. The Holy Spirit of God is my 24-7, 365 instructor. Oh, my goodness. Big ship experience, seeing that. You know, the, the, the hard part in the middle about, you know, the ground rules. It's not my terms. You know, that, that's, a, that's harder than you think at first choice, okay? First observation. God says, look, it's my way. That's it. No, no, no negotiation. My way. That's it. You know, and we don't like to talk about this one either. So this is hard too. God has expectations. He is not content and satisfied when we drift through life wrapped up in the thorns, seeking whatever pleasures and comforts we might have next. God is not happy with that. But I thought he loved me. He does. He loves you exactly, entirely, just like you are, remember? But God loves me too much to let me stay just like I am. He wants me to change. I mean, it's only fair. The, the resources of heaven, the, the person of the Holy Spirit, all sent right here from me. God has expectations. You know, He wants us to make progress. He wants the fruitfulness of our life. Remember the definition? Love, joy, peace, patience. That's the fruit God's looking for. And when that happens, when that leaks out of us, what does the Bible say? God is glorified. God, it isn't great things I might do. If you, let me dream up something to do for God today. That is not it. Zero. God wants to show me what he wants done. He wants to show me how he wants to do it, when he wants to do it, and the character it'll take to pull that off. That's the way it is.
God has expectations. You know, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says quite simply, God's got things planned for you to do. Before you even born, God's got your to-do list. Is it my to-do list? Is it his? Or no. It's your to-do list. Well, God, you're going to have to change my heart if I'm going to accomplish. You want me to talk to who? You want me to do what? God, you're going to have to change me. I just can't see it happening. God is excellent. He is the changer supreme. I was waiting for you to say that. Let's get to work. That lights my fire. I mean, that encourages me. <laughs> it's not where I'm not stuck here. I'm not a finished project yet. Oh my goodness. What in the world will God come up with next for me? You know, I hear this happen said once in a while. You know, and it can be a compliment, I guess. You haven't changed a bit. Look at you. You haven't changed a bit. Look at me. I haven't changed a bit. God has expectations. You know, God is our biggest cheerleader. Come on, you can do it. Let's go. Trust me. I've got, don't have that? Don't worry, I've got that. I've got what you need. I'll provide it. Let's, get, let's go. God, I'm hung up in these thorns. I'm seeking this next thing. God, I'm really not sure that I'm significant to you. You must be talking about him. You must be talking about her. They've got much more to offer than I do. You know, we have that, uh, oh, I don't know, that little boy hitting hickory nuts in the yard mentality. God, I ain't nothing. I mean, I got two golf clubs and hickory nuts. You know, I don't have much. God, that's not the point. That is not the issue. You know, God has much. God can do much. And God wants to invest all that he has in you. Plus, the seed of that's already planted inside of me, right? The righteousness of Christ is in my heart, just aching to get out. God says, I'll help you with that. You can make that honest decision. You can be kind Oh, 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 you can be patient too. You just wait and see what I can do in your life. You know what? And when you're kind and when you're gentle, patient, those types of things, guess what? That builds. That builds a platform to that person that you might meet and want to talk to. He'll let you get close. He might listen because he sees you to be kind and patient and caring and gentle and not self-centered. I've got no agenda, no ambition. I just care about you. And that big ship that I saw back March the 6th, 1986, I want you to see it too. I want you to be born into the family of God too. Boy, that's a platform that we have. We think a platform is some... That platform is built on the character of Christ. Make no mistake about it. You know, you mean, vindictive, hateful, you got no platform to tell anybody anything about God from. God can change that. God can work that in your life. You know, there's a parable in the scriptures. 
you know, and, and this kind of reinforces or makes clear the fact that God has expectations. And he's not happy when we're not on board with his expectations. Remember that one, Matthew chapter 25, the parable about the talents? This guy's got eight of them, eight talents, some significant amount of wealth, okay? And he chooses three people to manage that for him while he's gone. He divides it up. Let's see, I'm going to give you five, you two, and you one talent. And off he goes. And he gets back, and what does he find? The one with five's been busy with that, and this five is ten. The one with two's been busy with that. What about the one with one? <laughs> well, God, you know, I'm just a little boy out in the yard, and I'm hitting hickory nuts with my driver. I don't even have a tee, a mound and dirt together, and, but I gave you a golf ball. I gave you a tee. Oh, you did. That's exactly right. I do have a golf ball, and I do have a tee, but it's just one golf ball and one tee. And I didn't want to lose it. I didn't want to mess it up. So I took it inside, and I put it away. And I know exactly where it is right now. I can go get it. Let me go get it, because I know it belongs to you. Let me give you that golf ball and that tee back. You see, I did good. I didn't lose it. How does that story end? for the guy that didn't lose the one. Not too good. You see, God has expectations. Yeah, you've only got one, but get out there in the yard and hit it. Give it your best shot. And guess what? I got plenty of golf balls, but you used that one I gave you first. You get busy with that one that you already have first. And then we'll deal with the consequences of that later. You know, I don't know what rises up in your heart when, when, you know, we think about these types of things. But, you know, I can look out here and, and I can see uh, pretty much whether you've been attentive or not and things like that. And, and I can see that. But beyond that, here's what I can see. You know, when those little ones walked out a while ago, do you see it? Right around the corner, my left, your right, there's a world of potential each one of those little hearts, so much potential. I wonder how far in that journey of faith those little bundles of potential will get. But you know what? It's not just my left, your right. It's right out here too. You know, you know for a minute you could say, well, boy, God, let me see what you see. Here's what I see. I see so much potential. I see job, at the job, change in potential. I see at home, change. I see on the highway, change in potential. You are not just a bricklayer. You are God's representative as that wall goes up. You are not just an electrician. You're there to wire a house and show them just how God, Jesus in the flesh would do it. You are not just a mom and dad. You are not just whatever your blank is. But God, I'm just a little boy in the front yard hitting hickory nuts. That is not who you are. You have potential to be all that God wants you to be, doing all the things that God wants you to do. Can you see it? Is it a big orange ship? Is it right there? It'll sail away. It'll be in the distance. It'll become insignificant if you let it.
right? You know, I was thinking about this. Well, what do you do at the end of this type of big ship? Do you see a thing? Well, you know, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. And if I could, really, I'm not, not, I would go home with every one of you. I would. And I'd say, okay, here's what I want you to do now. And I'm here to make sure that you do it. I would, I would go, each one of you, take me three minutes, but I would do it if it was possible and you'd allow it. Here's what I'd do. I'd say, get out your phone. Set yourself a reminder. What time do you get up? I get up at 6.30. Well, set a 6.30 to alarm and set it for every day, every day, that you might be reminded of this. God wants to change you more and more and more into the likeness of Christ. And he wants to use you to accomplish just what he's already got planned for you to do. You need an everyday reminder of that, or that big ship will sail off in the distance. And one day you'll be standing before God, just a little boy with a few hickory nuts, saying, why didn't you use your golf ball? Why didn't you put it on a tee and give it a whack? Well, God, I didn't want to mess up. I was busy in the thorns. I had other things on my mind. I guess that's okay, isn't it? Make yourself a note. Put it on your whiteboard. Put it on your refrigerator. God wants to change me. God wants to use me. And whatever time, pick yourself a year, 80 years, 70, 60, 50, I'm going to look back and I'm going to say, my goodness, look what God has done. I could never imagine how God would work in my life and through my life. Let's pray together. And God, we need your help. We don't need it next week or next month. We need it now. God, we need for you to just give us some concrete, real way to keep that big orange ship in focus. That ship that moves us along, this progression of faith from one spot to another. God, we'll, we'll forget about it. It'll become insignificant. And God, uh, one day we might even be discouraged and think, who was I to ever think God could use me? God, would you show up in our lives in such a way that today, this day, September the 8th, 2019, is a big ship experience for us. And God, I'm trusting you to do that. I'm trusting you to become even more real in each of our hearts today than you are yesterday. And then, oh, just as time goes on, every day is an adventure. Every day is something we can look forward to not knowing just what you might accomplish today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one more thing. You know, and I know this is simplistic. But you know that little note that you're going to put in your refrigerator? That little reminder that's going to be in your phone? God wants to change me. God wants to use me. Would you add this as well? Galatians chapter 5. That's what it looks like when God changes you. The fruit of the Spirit is... And 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you know, God says, you want to show me you love me? Well, get out there and love those other people. That's how you show me. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, God defines that love for us. 
You know, everyday reminder in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. God's got something for me to do. Let's get with it. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you have any questions, you can email them to Pastor Jimmy at baconscastle.com. Also, check out our website at baconscastle.com to get to know us and see what God is doing locally here in Surrey. Be blessed. Thank you.